everyone, welcome to Mecca Talks, your access all areas pass to the beauty, business and lifestyle experts we call our community. I'm Kate Bly, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Mecca. And I'm Zara Wong, Head of Content. In today's episode, we're chatting to Floral Street founder, fragrance game changer and beauty industry veteran, Michelle Feeney. Hi, Jen. Hi, Kate. Oh, I'm very excited to be here. I'm so excited to be back on the pod. It's my favorite thing to do. You're on the pod. On the so pod. So today we have the fabulous Jen Horsley with us on Mecca Talks because Zara has had her baby, which is very exciting. Congratulations to Congratulations. Zara. And so Jen is stepping in as my co-host today. Um, and we are talking about all things Floral Street. All things fragrance. All I'm things so, fragrance, so happy we're talking things, about fragrance. All things gorgeous fragrance. Now tell me, yeah. what is your favorite fragrance? <gasps> That's like picking my um, my children, my favorite children, that I have any. <laughs> um, oh, I've been at Mecca for so long. I've really been around for all the best fragrances I think we've ever had. But I think probably my number one would be Molecule 01 because I use it as a fragrance primer. Ooh. So because Tell me I, what that is. Yeah. So it's like an aroma chemical. So it basically amps up um, anything you put on top as well as your own natural pheromones. So I always wear that first and then I layer usually two fragrances. I have to say I don't really leave the house without at least wearing three. Really? <laughs> I do like it's a combo. Complicated. So what happens well, when it's you a get bit it like wrong. artistry, you have to have the right mix right you do your own little concoctions so I like to do that as my primer and then I usually like to do something a little bit more like floral and then something a little bit more woody but at the moment I've been doing Molecule 01 with Noir from Le Labo and the Vireo the Verdant one. So today we've got Michelle joining us from Floral Street she's flown all the way over from London for the podcast I mean I'm sure that's not the only reason but we'll take <laughs> we'd it. We'd like to think so yeah we'd like to think so. And she's got a beautiful brand and of course she has great fragrances and candles and it's super interesting it's got a real sustainability focus yes but it's also by the name all about florals now Jen, about what, what can you tell us about that well I love the story of her walking down Floral Street or what they used to call Floral Street in Covent Garden the old flower market and really kind of thinking about London in that way. I think it's really cool. I also absolutely adore flowers. I dabble in floristry. So to me, I think I've read a little bit about kind of her idea about seeing flowers as like joyful and uplifting. And as soon as you see them, like your mood changes. So Mm -hmm. she wanted to kind of do that in fragrance. But I also absolutely love the sustainability aspect and really being transparent about where she sources all her ingredients and the really cool packaging and that pulp packaging. It's really beautiful. Obsessed with the Van Gogh collaboration as well. I think that was just so stunning. And I think, again, like a floral, you know, when everyone sees a sunflower, they instantly feel Mm -hmm. joy and like transporting that in a fragrance, I think is a really, really cool idea. Well, let's get Michelle in the room and let's chat to her about everything Floral Street. Welcome to Michelle. Thank you so much for coming in to see us today and flying all the way from London to our podcast, which is why you're here. And Michelle, as the founder of Floral Street, we're so excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. You've been with um, us at Mecca for how many years now? I think it's um, four. Yeah, Yeah. I would say four. I mean, I often tell this story, but Joe, um, Joe Hogan came into my London store when it was only one week old oh, and wow. she just said oh you've I've got to bring you to, to yeah. Australia and I was like no we've only just started the brand <laughs> and she was like leave it to us we can do it she loves doing and that so yeah. I was you know I'm 
forever indebted to her to bring us um, bring us here to Australia and it's been phenomenal so far and I think we're going to have an exciting next few years. And Floral Street what mm. a brand so where did the okay so you've had this incredible career which we want to ask you yeah. about and of working within beauty but what was that sort of defining moment when you decided you wanted to do it yourself and your way? I don't know what that foolish moment when I decided to do that. You know. um, well, I, I had the idea for the brand. For any, for any of you who don't know, um, Covent Garden is in the centre of London. Historically, it was the Victorian flower and vegetable market. It's very beautiful. And one of the streets is literally called Floral Street. And I looked up one day and thought it would be a great name for a fragrance brand. And as you know, I built billion dollar brands or help being part of the senior management team that did that and I thought oh, I'd love to do it myself and I registered the name globally um, because if you want to do your own brand that's what you do to claim the name but I sat on it for a year because oh, wow. a, a I didn't know whether I had the chutzpah to do it yeah b did the world need any more product and sort of you know did I want my life to go in a different direction at that point because I'd sort of stepped out of my big beauty career. Um, I looked in, I got asked to be an MP, could you imagine? Wow. Uh, oh, wow. From <laughs> One of the big parties in Britain oh wanted me to, to start wow. to be an MP. And I thought there's no way I can, I couldn't take all the the grief. Yeah, the there's a lot of grief. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, and eventually a friend of mine said, look, I found this product person for you, let's go. And I just started as most people have to do you just sort of mm -hmm. start from my dining room table with one other person and I visioned the brand and because of my background I was lucky enough to be connected into who was who and what was what yeah I'd been connected into Robert A which is one of the best fragrance houses in the world and I asked one of my mentors in New York, if this was a good idea. And the next thing I know, I've got a meeting. And the next thing I know, I'm with Jerome Epinette. Wow. And um, we've got a brand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's it raced along. And we're talking about your background, but obviously for people listening today, yes. Yes. tell us a bit about that. So you started, and this is something that Jen is very excited I to hear about. I just want to know about um, London fashion in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah, so you were working with Lynn Franks, yep. who was famously um, absolutely fabulous, yep. was based yeah. on. Mm. And then you were working at Bumble and Bumble, Estee Lauder, Mac. So we just want to hear a little bit about your journey of kind of your big beauty career before you stepped out on your own okay um 35 years in about 10 seconds here. <laughs> uh, um w well I started in the 80s in London in fashion show production prelims for all those out there there was there was not a London fashion week until the 80s yeah so we used to sponsor the fashion week here in Sydney from Mac and stuff but these mm. didn't exist yeah. before so it was a great time of invention and women particularly doing it for themselves literally um, starting up companies, doing things. So I had really exciting. I started completely at the bottom, delivering clothes to publications and um, newspapers when Fleet Street still existed. Yeah. So you get to know all the the editors and things. And then we'd put on these great shows, and I worked with Jean-Paul Gaultier. And wow. Well, it was very exciting, um, putting music together, but from records. Mm -hmm. So we'd stay in the office. I mean, you, in the 80s, you basically just w worked all day and night. 
with a lot of alcohol. <laughs> I feel um, like that's fashion in general. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but Lynn, you know, she we we actually handled the PR for French and Saunders. Okay. And they were always in the office. So when I first saw that series, absolutely fabulous, I was like. My God, I couldn't laugh. It was just like oh real God. life. It was real life. Was so well, but that's, that was Who the are you? Who are they basing yeah. you on? Well, there was an episode. Um, I was up for an award for the Brill Cream Boy campaign. <laughs> Search for the Brill Cream Boy. And um, we were in the middle of a huge ballroom in the middle of London. And we didn't win. And Lynn just stood up and said, that's it, we're leaving. And <laughs> no. there's like hundreds of people I know here. that episode you know so that well. Episode, oh, my right, goodness. Yeah. And she said, come back to my house. And she's like, you're our winner. And we proceeded to go back to her house and just party. Oh, <laughs> fabulous. So it literally, mm. you, you know. Yeah, I know the episode, yeah. So anyway, it was a very exciting time. What I learned from that was about... Real entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. really taking different ideas, doing it differently, having the guts to do it differently, um, striking out. And um, I put the beauty division together for Lynn. I was only 26. I was a director of, um, of the company. And it was just a really exciting time. And we, we did Red Hot and Blue, which was for AIDS, and pulled all that. So there was always so much excitement going on. Yeah. And then I moved to New York with a boyfriend who was a record producer, and I didn't have a plan. And I was writing. I thought I wanted to be a journalist at that mm-hmm. point. And I started doing some beauty writing for the Daily Mail and L British L. And they'd given me a contact on L, And I started gathering momentum and writing. And in that process, I interviewed Michael Gordon, who owned Bumble and Bumble. Yeah. And he called me the next day and he said, I've just got a really good feeling about you. And I haven't had anybody do marketing or PR or anything. Would you would you come and talk to me? Oh, that's amazing. So I said, fine. I'm broke by now because, (laughs) as you know, writing (laughs) pays no money. (laughs) And um, he we sat and we talked and I started three days a week. And then he said, look, I've got a whole floor, 56th Street um, in the middle of Manhattan. You could take it as an office. And I started to build um, my own PR agency, which um, I incorporated. I said, look, Michael, you've got to do some products. Mm -hmm. And they're in your store. Yeah, right I know. Now. I was going to say, friend of Mecca, Michael Gordon, huge so friend of Mecca. And so we, yeah. we, we developed um, the products. Mm-hmm. Surf spray. I, I launched them in August 1993, one week before I had my son. Wow. Um, to all the all the media. And um, yeah. And then I got headhunted into a still order companies after 10 interviews, including Leonard himself. <gasps> this is what you had to do then. Um, you know, they offered me a big role with prescriptors which was the brand i was a custom blender i know prescriptors very well <laughs> uh, it's time for that again right totally the customization totally, yeah. of mm-hmm. that product way ahead of its time You're yeah. ahead. Mm. calyx was the fragrance, yep, the fragrance very yeah. good fragrance yeah. um and then i just i did well and they gave me more work and i ended up working with tommy hilfiger and his team on launching the tommy Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got given this little pot of cream and they said, see what you can do with this. And there was me and one other person. And that was Creme de la Mer. And I launched it in a really unusual way. And I kept saying, you know, it's going to be quite big, this. And then I go, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and suddenly it exploded. And yeah. I got all this amazing coverage on it. And people were calling. And I had to invent the idea of a waiting list with Saks Fifth Avenue because we'd literally just run out of products. Yeah. And they offered me 
to be managing director of that, but I turned it down because I'd become a single mom at that point. Uh-huh. And I just thought, you know, as the head of a brand in Lauder, you 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 got to give yeah. it. Yeah, I've got to give it. Be, I would give it everything. You know? yeah. yeah, and then that's when they said, "Oh, we've bought Mac." John Dempsey was the president Mm -hmm. and he brought me in and um, the two of us were the first people into Mac. It was where my whole previous life came together all in one. Yes, everything. Because it was about, it wasn't about fashion actually, it was about celebrity. Yeah. And I introduced all the fashion. Okay. So I took it backstage and I created the senior artist role. Michelle, sh- you're like my my lady. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which you can see in yeah. you can see it so much in Mecca as well. Totally. And the the yeah. passion, mm-hmm. the dedication, the mm-hmm. training, mm-hmm. you know, incredible. They're incredible people. And we just started working and I knew a lot of the makeup artists. I knew of course you would have known from yeah, from London and, Fashion Week. Um Alexander McQueen I knew. And he was just starting his career. And so we started to get involved in all fashion. Yeah. And that was really exciting. And then I ended up like launching 40 countries. You would have launched Australia. I did. I remember the first Matt Counter in Maya in Sydney. Oh. Yeah, it was so exciting. <laughs> and also working with the Mac AIDS Fund. Yes. So I signed all the talent and was really privileged to work on that around the world. And I ended up I went to the United Nations and said, can we work with you? Mm. And they said, come on in. And the next thing I know, I'm on this, like, committee for AIDS in Africa in the UN with all these people. Brilliant. And we ended up doing campaigns to bring attention to AIDS in Africa for Americans to give money. Mm -hmm. And then I met Bill Clinton and we worked with him. And it was just sort of amazing brand at the time. And that... You know, Lauder allowed it to be Mac mm. and growing something so fast and mm-hmm. so wonderfully. So, And the AIDS fund was just such a revolutionary notion in the beauty industry mm. to do that good and have that impact. Um, that must have been so exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, it was because my background, I was raised Catholic and, I, and um, you know, if you can do good, why wouldn't you? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. my... It's your motto. Your motto, really. You know, and that's why with Floral Street, I want yeah. to sort of spread happiness. I mean, we do lots... To do with giving back in a, in a, mm. in an in a very gentle way right now because we work with the Van Gogh Museum and the money we pay them goes into mm. working with kids in art. But I think with a brand you have to be of a certain level to be making profit in order mm. to give back. Yep. You know you can't just go we'll do it from the beginning. But it really was it made my it made my job so worthwhile and mm. I was really empowered by the Lauder company to do things differently and to lead. Yeah, amazing. Um, very, very exciting. Very tiring being a single mom all that time. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, but showing that you can do it all, like that's pretty inspirational. I don't know if I could do it now though. But, yeah, I, but I that's, mean, then it was yeah. my 30s. Though it was, You had the energy for it. Yeah, and, and New York in the 90s was like London had been in the 80s. It was yeah. so, oh, totally. exciting, so exciting yeah. and vibrant, you know. And so with all those brands, Mm. incredible brands, not one of them is a purely fragrance brand. So when you decided to start Floral Street, was it just around the name Floral Street that you were like, oh, that would be a good perfume brand? Or was there a desire to create a really amazing new fragrance brand? Like what was it that led you to that? I just felt it because I'm a brand visionary I guess or a brand you know I, I call myself a cult brander so if you look at yeah if you reading. actually look yeah. at all mm. the brands I've worked with they're not just they're, they're cult like yeah. Mecca's a cult yeah. right you know if yeah. you were to work on yeah. 
I just thought it, it lent itself to fragrance to begin with. Mm-hmm. I can see it as a whole lifestyle brand, so I'm yes. working on Turn, lots yeah. of other categories yeah. Yeah. at the moment. But to start with fragrance. Now, if, if, you, if I was to go back five years and know how hard it is to do a fragrance, <laughs> I, do, I don't know. Um, but then what, when I took this time out to decide, did the world need another product? I looked around and I thought, oh, my God, the fragrance is so old-fashioned, the way they sell it to the customer, the way they tell the story. There's no sustainability whatsoever. So I drew on my learnings from Mac, Mm. you know, in... I wanted to create something like Mac coined the word mastige, which was prestige product at a really good price. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I thought nobody's doing that in fragrance. Yeah. You're either really mass or you're really expensive. Yeah. And usually it's a very difficult position to be in that middle position. But I thought if I'm going to do it, I want I want frying fragrance mm. for my family to be able to afford. Yeah. I want my daughter to be engaged in, you know, even if she buys a 10 mil, that means she's she smells good. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. yeah. So it evolved. And the more I sort of got, and then it was the moods. And I thought it's about yourself. Mm-hmm. I wanted this brand to be. What does me, Michelle, feel you feel like today and what do I want to wear? Yeah. yeah. Not some celebrity who all their clothes fall off or, yeah. you know, <laughs> you get the guy or the girl, although I wouldn't mind. But, um, but it was it was more democratic. If you could imagine, I sort of was from Mac, I'd sort of thought, yeah. let's do it that way. And then let's do it sustainably. Why not? Why hasn't anybody done a sustainable package? Why is everything wrapped in cello? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In and tell us industry? about all those elements of sustainability and also where you source your you yeah, know, the ingredients the from as well. And and I'd love you to describe, you know, some of the scents and also your favourite of all of them. It depends what I'm what I'm wearing that day, <laughs> but, um, you know. But I think the sustainability piece. Look, I didn't know how to do this. All the other brands I'd been in, somebody else took care of the packaging or the d- design, or you know. So the good starting point was Robert A because they have access to the most pure and natural ingredients around the world. So. What you do as an independent is you have to tap into partnerships mm. that can help you because I can't do that on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I want to do it this way. And can you help me tell that story? And they said, oh, my God, we'd love to. Are you kidding me? Nobody was doing this mm, ingredient yeah. story and being open about. Where they're so sourcing. we started with that. So now I know when I was standing in in your store two days ago talking to a customer, I could say, you know, this comes from Madagascar, mm-hmm. it's families that grow this, that we take care of the communities. Um, so that was great. And then the box, the person that was working with me at the beginning on this went to a packaging show and it was there was this 180-year-old paper mill in the Lake District, which you'll mm-hmm. know, and they just started to go into pulp. And we met with them and said, would you, you know, would you help us design a box they're like come on in you know because they didn't have any beauty clients and so we worked with them and my design little design team of two people and we designed the box and tested it and it went off and then we just we sunk quite a bit of investment for a startup into that box yeah and my husband was like oh my god what are you doing (laughs) putting that beautiful bottle in that in that takeaway box 
And I'm like, you wait and see. Yeah. Drees Van Noten's now. They, they Everyone. Were, yeah, yeah. Well, they were all in our store, actually. So we, we, we did... We did inspire quite a few people. But anyway, that was phenomenal. Yeah. And now where we're very proud, we started working with a charity in London called Hubbub. And they collect all um, coffee cups from Starbucks and Costa and everything. And then they, they're taken up to the plant that produces the pulp. They extrude the plastic. That goes to make energy. And that paper goes into our box. So we know that... Every box has got a recycled coffee cup in it now. So I the love process, that. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. The process of opening up the doors and learning along the way to innovate means you're just constantly learning. Yeah, amazing. Um, it's a little bit frustrating when you're so small and you can't shout about it really, really loudly because yeah. you haven't got the power or the money or, you know. The yes, and you're used to being able to go for Switch it, right? Power <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, my team are sort of, you know, help. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but it's just coming to fruition now because I was a bit ahead of the game and now people are ready to listen. Yes. Um, so every little bit that we can do, and we've just launched these new home products with you as well yes. that the teams are going to get. And they're all totally sustainable as well from the wax, the wick, um, the oils, we haven't used any, uh, we've used vegan oil in the room sprays, so it's, there's no alcohol or formaldehyde in there. I'm learning what to take out yeah. Yeah. Um, and teaching myself sort of along the way. So it's really important. And then each time we work with, we choose great partners. I mean, you chose us, thank you, <laughs> um, who can help us tell that story. Yeah. But we didn't go, let's just sell everywhere mm-hmm. because it was really important for me that, each, each person we work with from our production through to our partnerships in retail has the same values. Yeah. And it's just such an awesome story because you could quite easily have stayed within the corporate world and, you know, sort of worked in that way. But to jump out of it two feet into your own brand mm. and with a pandemic thrown into the mix of that, you know, pretty. Bring it on. Yeah, bring, bring it on. It on. <laughs> exactly. You you would now still probably walk out that room for not winning that award. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you've got some amazing kind of partnerships. The creativity that goes involved is involved in the box and you know you obviously work with the Van Gogh Museum as well Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how that came together and what I love is you know the store in London in Covent Garden right has cost a fortune and then there was a pandemic so you know as an independent brand that that was a big loss because you know you, you still had to pay rent you still had to do but I look at it look at it more as a marketing cost because yes. I have to make it seem okay. You have to rationalise yeah, it. Exactly, in some way. But um, the Van Gogh Museum found us and came in and they said, look, we love what you're doing with your sustainability. We love that you're independent. We love your values. We love your colour. Mm-hmm. Would you... Um, would you be interested in doing a collaboration with us? And I was, I took it back to the team and I was like, look, we're too small. We're too small here. Well, they were like, the let's do it. How amazing and, and they Armel, came to you. And who said marketing game, we, in her French way, we've got to do this, you know, yeah. it's incredible. And we did it. And we not only did it, we did it during lockdown as well. We, we were back and forth with fragrances with Jerome in lockdown, um, you know, the, the design, everything happened amazing but it is so brilliant and fulfilling 
and he's created a really, you know, we say masterpiece in a bottle. We've got the we've got Van Gogh and Jerome, and um, <laughs> that's a pretty good duo. It is, and um, it's it's been our biggest launch and success so far, mm. and you can see why. And it's a it's a really beautiful fragrance. And then we've got a four year. Uh, agreement with them so we're just launching our Van Gogh home exclusively with all of you here Yay. in September and um, we've got lots more lots more and I, and I got to go to the museum and they said you can use any painting you like <gasps> wow and, and did you say could I take one home as yeah. a little <laughs> <gift?"> <laughs> <laughs> could I babysit this one over here and then they said um you know, you can have access to all behind the scenes and letters. And we learned that, well, I learned such a lot about him and that he lived in London, which I didn't know. And his office, it's a bit spooky, was in Covent Garden. <gasps> and we were like, not in Floral oh. Street. Just across the road. So it was, me- it was meant to be. <laughs> meant to be. Yeah. He probably but, uh, bought his sunflowers from Floral Street. Mm. Can you imagine? But um, no, it's been, I, I love doing creative things. At Mac, I was. I was the first one to do collabs with fashion designers mm-hmm. and, and product. Yet again, that wasn't a thing. No, not and, at all. Um, and, you know, collaboration and creativity brings a richness and mm. it also helps you as an independent brand tell your story in a yeah. bigger way. Definitely. Yeah. And it's and it engages people in a way which is unusual. So people will be thinking, wow, okay, gorgeous fragrance. And we have the sunflowers here on the box. How how incredible is that? So it, it's in caps, you know, captures a whole new but audience. It's helped us really because yeah. in, you know, the Van Gogh, people might not know us, but they know Van Gogh. Yeah. So then if they know Van Gogh, they're interested and then they know us. Yeah. So um, so that that's worked really well. So what are the collaborations you're going to do? I mean, I'd love to do something, I think, here. But at the moment, what we've just come out of the pandemic. And as you know, it was all digital. Now it's all back into bricks and mortar and store. Yeah. And I really want to inspire the people in stores. Mm. I want to do more innovative things like we've just done scent school which yes. is also a big innovation yeah. in not just training but communicating with the customer yeah. so i want to turn some of our great ideas into reality in the store now yeah. for the next year or so rather than constantly doing some newness let's just yes we're very yeah. young as a brand yeah. of course like take yeah. the core product and then innovate mm. with the product and how you tell yeah. Yeah. the yeah. story of that i yeah. think that's amazing i think i love what you were saying before and i think i know obviously why joe was completely gravitated towards you in your first week of opening that is always the way that we've approached um, Mecca Perfumeria in telling those stories and how are you feeling? How do you want to feel? And I feel like it, it's so um, so complimentary to the way you just view, fra- view fragrance oh, and scent. I have loved being out in the yeah. stores and the enthusiasm. Yeah. And what's really interesting to me, and it was the same in Mac actually, you know, I came and trained. I went even to New Zealand four years ago and everything when we launched the brand. Yeah. And some of the people are out there and they're like, oh, I came to your train. And, you know, the fact that you retain that consumer, uh, that person that works for you, says a lot about your brand and the values of your brand. Um, And it was just great to be out and they're full of ideas. Yes, And they're all asking, can we have the home in our... Yeah, of course they are. Of course they are. Are you listening, team? (laughs) And um, and they've got loads of ideas. Um, So it was great to be out and about and I'm going to be out and about 
yeah more stores this week definitely and Jen was talking earlier and um, before you got here we were having a little chat about the fact that you and your lovely home in London mm. like to kind of fragrance different areas of the house mm. with in different ways tell us a little bit about that because we love this idea of zoning your sense as well I call it sensecaping your life <gasps> That's a title. <laughs> so um, it's about, I think, because of what we've all been through in the world during the last two years, our sense of smell is very heightened. Hence, you know, the success of fragrance. I mean, lucky I did go into fragrance when yes. I did because it's actually enjoying a moment um, again in a modern way. So it's, yeah, I think it's not just about, you know, historically you might buy one candle that you like and you put it in your living room or. Mm. but this is about looking at all the rooms in your house how do you want to feel what scents work within those rooms also what format of scent would work in that room like is it a, is it a diffuser or we've just launched these amazing um liquidless sticks with you that you can use or that your teams are very excited about it so what i do with my house is i sort of say how do i want to feel mm. As people step into the house, I, I use a fragrance, um, Lady Emma, which is like hugely floral. So you don't need flowers, but people step in and go, God, your house smells great. Yeah. And then you immediately feel good. Yeah, I love, I love, uh, I love fragrance in homes. Oh, me too. Sets in the, the tone, the mood. The it instantly changes vibes. your mood too, yeah. yeah. Instantly. Yeah. And you can create those moments and make them memorable as well. So when I, I do a big Thanksgiving because my son's American and, Everybody gets a candle as a gift when they come and, you know, and, and scent for me is just really about remembering because it's our keenest. Yeah. Keenest. In the kitchen, I use grapefruit bloom, which you're all going to have, which is phenomenal. Um, and that's the fragrance that BAFTA chose because I don't know if you know, but we were chosen by BAFTA to be their fragrance of choice. Amazing. And so they, the BAFTA building in London that they've just spent 35 million on, we scented the whole building. Oh, wonderful. So we're going to be working a lot with BAFTA. And so I love that, like mm. arts and culture, and it's yeah. pretty pretty unique. And it was interesting that they wanted to scent their building as well. Yeah. Again, because we're sustainable. They want the drama. Yeah. <laughs> but because we're sustainable, lots of people want us because they're all trying to be as sustainable as possible yeah. with their buildings and, and their choices and things. But, yeah, scentscaping, you're, you're zoning um kitchen for me is bright and zingy and then even when I'm getting ready to go out I'll have you know a glass of wine or champagne and put my little candle in my dressing room and have my own moment yeah you know mm. that isn't such a shared moment and then in the evenings we have a snug where we watch tv and that's deeper darker sense you know Beautiful. so we're going to be talking a lot about this now and I think that's what the future of fragrance is it it's not just about the fragrance that you put on yourself. Exactly. It's about and yeah. gifting. It's yeah. the best for gifting. It's the best for gifting. Yeah. And if anyone gives me any fragrance of any type, I'm so happy. So I'm all I'm all into that. And of all of the floristry perfumes, and you didn't answer me earlier because it is like choosing your own child. <laughs> and I asked Jen this, and she can't choose I couldn't, either. No. Um, what is your favourite fragrance from Floral Street? Well, again, you, you've said it. You know, it is like choosing your own child. The ones I use the most right now, Sunflower Pop, and I was really, I put it on when I was in um, Cairns Airport in the bathroom and came out and I was buying something and this young 
man, about 20, he said, wow, you smell really good. I was like... <laughs> it's the best but compliment that though. made me feel yeah. you know as an old person like I am I just felt really like uplifted so I'm wearing that quite a lot and Arizona Bloom is a killer scent uh very chic very cool a lot of compliments and then my I don't think anybody is ever too young or too old <laughs> to be rock and roll so um Black Lotus is the go-to for the evenings Gorgeous. Yeah. And that's your scent wardrobe, your key scent wardrobe? Well, yeah, for now. But I, I brought six. Um, the 10 mils are brilliant for travelling. Yeah. So it means you can, can have them all. You can have them all. So I, I brought Sheepra. I was wearing Sheepra up in the warmer climates. And then I'm always giving things away and gifting them wherever <laughs> I go. Um, but the whole idea of the brand is that, you know, what are you wearing? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And, and buying it for you. And I think... Because you can afford that smaller size as well. It means you can have more. So you've worked in fashion, you've worked in beauty, and Mm. there is a bit of a reoccurring theme of sustainability and social responsibility, Mm. Michelle. So obviously that's important to you. Um, And tell us a little bit about that. You worked on the MAC Viva Glam initiative. You know, there's amazing projects in there. and, And how is it that you've taken those sort of experiences and brought them to the world of Floral Street? Well, I think... Beauty is really powerful. And I think what Mac, you know, not just on a daily basis where you put lipstick on and you spritz some fragrance and you feel better and you feel like you can start the day. Okay, all of us women, well, women and men, sorry, you know, anybody. (laughs) Um, But, you know, on a on a on a one to one basis, it is very powerful. And no matter I've you know I've launched forty countries for that. I've been all over the world. The power of a lipstick and giving somebody a lipstick, you know, or now a fragrance. I was in yeah. South Africa volunteering for a charity I worked for, and I brought all little samples. These women in that had never had a fragrance. Wow! Right. Yeah. So what we take for granted, and we yeah. fill our drawers mm-hmm. and our cupboards. You know, somebody else hasn't got. So I think it's really powerful. And wh- when I went into Lauder, and first of all, I was had the privilege of working with Evelyn Lauder on breast cancer um, and the Pink Ribbon campaign. Mm-hmm. So I'd only been in this job for, you know, a couple of months. And I'm on the 40, I had an office on the 42nd floor of the General Motors building looking out over, you know, New York. I'm only, what, 32, 33? I kept calling my my friends at home going, they don't know I'm from Birmingham. <laughs> I just don't know I'm from Birmingham. <laughs> and, um, and we all had to, as brands, we all had to go in and we had to have an idea about bringing an idea to our brands about raising money for breast cancer. And she started that from zero and built to be huge researchers and, and what a person to learn from yeah. and what a company to learn from. I'm like, oh, I'm in the right place. And then when we got Mac and we had the Mac AIDS Fund, and that again, you know, when Lorda bought Mac, they could have said, we're not doing this yeah. anymore. And they didn't. And so it's 100% of that lipstick. Mm. I mean, it's a lot of money. Yeah. And also it gave the retailers also, Macy's did a hell of a lot. They did... Um, fashion cares so they used to put on huge events mm-hmm. we'd provide the talent on whoever we'd signed to sing RuPaul. and then and then you know yeah well it was RuPaul I did Katie Lang Katie Lang was my first oh, meeting I remember that one yeah and um 
So I was learning all the time about what good you could do in your beauty career, so on a, on a one-to-one basis. Mm. And then I've tried to take that wherever I go. So yeah. even yeah. when I was CEO of Saint-Tropez in London, I realised that getting a tan could make you feel really good about yourself. Mm. And so I teamed up with the Prince's Trust, um, Prince Charles, so I've met him a couple of times as well. And... Um, we created a lipstick for print for the Prince's Trust, but more than that, I would give lectures and I put a beauty group together that could help raise money mm. for that. We raised a million pounds in a, in, a, in a year. So I try to do that. Now with this, it's my own brand from scratch. I'm not taking something that has momentum. Yeah. Mm. But my stance was I'm going to do it differently and I'm yeah. going to stand on a platform about sustainability right now. That's what I can do. I can use my v- beauty voice to deliver some self-esteem if you can afford a fine fragrance, mm-hmm. but also to do things differently with the sustainability. So on the British Beauty Council sustainability mm. group and so trying to move things forward in the industry. And then we're also working with, we worked with the Royal Horticultural Society on electric rhubarb, so that money went to Wisley Gardens Lovely. and then the Van Gogh Museum got a licensing agreement with them and the money they make goes they're a non-for-profit so my decision making on who I work with and how I do it always has to have an element of doing good I love that it's one of your like core values that stuck with you all the way through all the way through all the way through so it's making a real difference and that that in itself beauty makes you feel good but if you can make the beauty products also exactly. do good then it's sort yeah. of like a perfectly why wouldn't you why exactly. wouldn't you why wouldn't you you know yeah. and now i think younger the younger people that are coming into the workplace that's one of their mm-hmm. you know a lot of people want to come work for me yeah. because this is what they know we're doing it differently Absolutely. and we know mm-hmm. they're not going to be all sort of you know i do would like some sales too, <laughs> but um, that you know, it's it's about that. So it's I just purpose, you know. And when mm. I have a bit of, you know, I have a lot of self doubt and a lot of days when you think, what am I doing? Um, you know, especially when it's your own brand and your own funding, it's 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 it is hard. But then you meet a customer, mm. you know, in Cairns or in in Brisbane who comes up to you after the event and says to you you should be so proud and you know you're like oh my god (laughs) and you've touched them and you've also you know made their day and they've got some you know you are um incredibly accomplished and the fact that you have self-doubt is really well not surprising because I think we all do but you know does that creep in is that something you have to kind of put at bay or is it is that a driver for you as well like sometimes if you if you, you know, have that self-doubt, does it keep you pushing to kind of work on the next thing? Yes and yes and no. I mean, it's something I, you know, I try and work on a lot. I, I think what's happened as well, um, you know, I'm in my late 50s and I come from a different world of managing people. And when you're a founder, you're managing, you're having to manage change. Yeah. Uh, and we've gone through a pandemic and you're, and you're trying to forge ahead and inspire. And I think all of those things I want to do. My issue is I want to do everything to the best of my yes. ability. Yeah. And sometimes you can't. And then I start, then I start to think, oh, am I good enough? Am I not? And I'm up against brands that have... Because I've been in the power seat, yes. I know what power they have and yes. what resources they mm-hmm. have. And I guess when I was at the top of that, my ideas could get yes. realised really quickly. Yeah. 
And my biggest self-doubt is, can I, am I good enough? Are we good enough? Can we? Mm-hmm. Can I lead this team well enough? So it's mainly to do with those things, really. Yeah, I think that's fascinating, but it yeah. also shows like how authentic your passion say, is yeah. as well. And um, it's a really good, it's a really good story to, for people to hear, I think, in terms of, you know, it's not, it's never easy and you're forging ahead, but it, you forge ahead and it still isn't easy forging ahead, no. you know, but actually that's all part of it, isn't it? That's, I mean, we all could have gone home and given up, couldn't we, in the last yeah. two years? Yeah, really. for sure. You know, but I'm not going to do that. And then coming here now, back to yeah. Australia and back to your teams, you know, I need other people to inspire me and give me the confidence yeah. to... Say so you're doing the right thing. Yeah, when absolutely. You, when you're on your own in at the head of something new, yeah, it's who t- who helps you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's lonely at the top, right? It, yeah. it, it is a little bit. So you have your mentors and things like this. But now just coming out into Australia, honestly, being in that store, much as I you know have got no voice left, it was so great. So great. So energizing as well. Yeah. yeah mm. And when consumers say to you, I love this. Yeah. I didn't know so much went into a bottle of perfume. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wow, I didn't know about the packaging and all the stuff we're trying to serve other consumers and listen. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. amazing stories you know, in yeah. there. People need to hear the uh, stories. And I think people really, also as a woman, there's nothing wrong with being vulnerable. Absolutely. Totally. We like to call it cup filling. And I know whenever I go into store, I just absolutely love listening to the, mm-hmm. the teams and the hosts. And I think you're, you're very right. You sometimes don't know the impact of what you're doing every day and that, not the grind, but what you're really passionate about. When you see the impact like that and a customer tells you that you've changed their life or made their day a bit brighter, it's so impactful to you as a, as a human. So yeah. impactful. And your fragrance specialists I spoke to, yeah. they were all like... And another thing, I've got yeah. this idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was just really energising. Yeah. I think it's been, you know, actually working. I love working. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just being working in Australia now rather than holiday. Yeah. Is being, is, it's energised me, mm-hmm. you know. Well, there are so many fascinating things about fragrance. And obviously people get completely in- intoxicated with fragrance. But I'd love to maybe hear a bit more about the journey of creating a fragrance, like end to end. What is that process like? Okay, well, I don't pretend to be a nose. Okay, let's just get that straight out of there. I, I, I'm genuinely, I have great ideas and I need teams to realise the ideas. And when I met Jerome, we really, really hit it off from the minute I met him and I had these ideas for mood muses so not a person but a mood muse and and I (laughs) I shared these with the people that would but then I created mood boards for those Mm -hmm. so I showed him the mood boards and explained to him the you know the brand was about diversity and energy and and these were my mood muses and I just left him to it and I went back and I only had enough budget to produce six okay. um, fragrances. And I went back four weeks later to New York and he'd done 23. <laughs> I was going to say, give a creative a mood board and you will get, you will get, a, you right? will get so a lot So I'm like, done. oh my God. So I, I ended up leaving with eight. Oh, wow. And then I delved into the um, ingredients and we started to tell that story. And what's interesting about that as well I didn't do, it's not a vanity project for me to go, it's the Michelle Feeney fragrance brand and, oh, I love this, you know, particular ingredient. It was really about what would 
I wanted it to be attractive for anybody. Not mm-hmm. everybody likes the same things. And if you'd have asked me which ingredients I would have said do not use, it would have been vanilla. And yet while vanilla orchid is this amazing fragrance yeah. and I personally love it. You know, I call it my toes in the sand cocktail in hand fragrance. <laughs> and it's uh, and it's really comforting. And, and the more I've got to know his process and... One of the most exciting moments of my life, and as you know, I've had a lot, but um, I was I went to sit in the field in grass with Jerome, with the farmer, with the rose farmer, course drinking rosé during the rose harvest, and I, I the, the farmer taught me how to, you know, turn the rose, and, and then we went and saw the process of that, and I just thought, how lucky am I, you know, to be part of this process now. That is stunning. So... We've we've briefed obviously the Van Gogh project. The painting was the inspiration, and then we've been working really really closely with him on ingredients now and for the next stage of our development with some new new fragrances that I've uh, mood boarded <laughs> um, and presented. But also about ingredients because the more I've got to know, I can't guide him, but I can say, can we use more upcycled? Is there, right. is the new developments in upcycled ingredients because it fits with our brand? Mm-hmm. What does he think? And so we're getting more collaborative about new ideas and new products and things like that. So, and then what happens beyond that? I had to find out, you know, how you buy glass. Um, <laughs> there's a world, world's shortage on glass at the moment. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> who's going to fill? Who's going to produce? Yeah. Um, I photograph all the flowers with a British um, photographer. So everything you see in Floral Street, none of it's generated. It's all real flowers. Oh, that's so fascinating. And then we um, get those applied or we put them on to products. Um, so that's another little bit of the process. And then you have to get the product to our partners all around the world. And it's, yeah. gone, you know, we're in 22 countries now, so... Um, I needed a team of people that can do that. But we're only still about 20, 25 people in the whole company. Okay. So you really found that beautiful, perfect relationship with Jerome. Of he course. just got it. He got you. Of course. Yeah. And so he, you got the creative yeah. and the nose. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. he emailed me and he said, oh, I'm, I'm going to be in Paris. Can you come meet me? And I'm here. I'm like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he loves being our nose. We're not yeah. using anybody else. Mm-hmm. And even all our home products are he, him as well. Yeah. So you're getting fine fragrance in a candle. Yeah, yeah, incredible. You know, and you're getting his inspiration for that. So I sent him the flower categories I wanted for home and he came up with all. So again, all down lockdown, I was testing yeah. candles in every room. and How it, to, yeah, to keep you occupied. That was the great way. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's part of the, and then you have, you know, there's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And because it's fragrance, it's not easy. You can't just put it in a plastic tube or a tube. And obviously we're not plastic, but... It has to work. Mm. You, you know, it has to. You have to test it with pumps and then transportation and laws. Lots mm-hmm. of laws. Lots, especially in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, and you can't ship things. It's you know because it's got alcohol in it. It's regarded as hazardous weirdly. So there's lots of things. It's not an easy category, but the creative process I I love. And I think that's a beautiful note to finish on. Wonderful to have you here. Don't leave us. Don't rush back to the UK too quickly, even though the weather's much better. And we have loved 
love talking to you about everything Floral Street, but also about your incredible career. Incredible career. I think I've never said wow more in my life. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're it's been absolutely struck. amazing talking to you. Oh, yeah. thank you. Thanks for having me, and <laughs> thanks to Mecca for loving Floral Street. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Mecca Talks. If you liked what you heard, follow us on your favourite podcast app and you'll be notified as soon as our next episode becomes available. Don't forget to rate, review and share this episode with your friends. To stay up to date on what's going on in the Mechaverse, find us on Instagram at at MechaBeauty or join the conversation in our Mecca Chit Chat Facebook group. You've been listening to Mecca Talks. Thank you for joining us. And I'm on the roll.